this? Ah, uh, yeah, man. I was. Uh, I've been ready. I'm always ready. You look ready. I'm look super fucking ready. Yeah, man. I'm here representing America, dude. That's what I'm here doing, man. You know, we're driving an American car. We just traveled. From the American Motor Company. The American Motor Company. We just traveled across America. And yeah, I'm representing America, man. I, I love this country. I believe in America. So Wow. Yeah, dude. You. I'm born in the USA, dude. Bruce Springsteen <laughs> to death, man. I'm going to go home and try to practice some of those night moves. And my wife, she'll go for it. She's out drinking with a friend right now. So we might get... Ooh, might work out. You All never right. know. Well, what is it? Six thirty. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe by the time you get home, she'll be all ready for you. We'll see. We'll see how long this goes because I don't know. We don't have any. We have no plan. We no have agenda. No, no I got agenda. No computer. My laptop's dead. We got so nothing. Well, we don't need we shit, have, dude. We have we're just, nothing. We got well, nothing. No, no. We have the memories, man. We have the memories, that's true. and that's what you know. That's what really counts, right? You know, is that. I always wonder, like, if everything I'm doing right now in my life is is kind of like this preface to having shit to think about when I'm a, like old and about to die. You know, like, am I going to be able to mm. go back to my memory banks and go, man, that was great. Am I like, what, what am I doing this for? Is there like a reason? And I, and I think about that all the time. Like, what is this stuff for other than instant gratification of now of doing something now? And, or am I just trying to stave off the inevitable, you know? Yeah, well, I would say to that, uh, I've recently gotten really into Eastern stuff. I've just been doing a lot of, you know, deep dive into the Eastern, you know, religious and like theologies and all that. And, and uh, you know, like Ram Dass, I got really big. I, I watched something with Ram Dass. I went on a Ram Dass deep dive and then an Alan Watts deep dive, which, you know, is like, that's like the, the those are like the gateway drug to Eastern, uh, like <laughs> philosophies for white people in <laughs> the Midwest. Like, okay. you know, Al, Al, they're both white dudes. Sure. You know, yeah. <laughs> but you know, and you get into all that, and the, the, the all of that, they really like the one of the main messages, like being present. Yeah, and that's uh, hard, dude. It's impossible. Now, yeah. it, it's it, it. You realize you live your whole life, you're never present for your own life, and like how fucked up is that? Where you go, I, I lived years of my life, and I wasn't even there for it. Yeah, it's difficult to do when you're uh, when you're not alone. If, yeah. if you're not by yourself, it's very difficult to be present and appreciate what's going on. I find that when I'm alone, it's much easier to do that because I can just, I can go, ooh, I can take a breath and I can look around and I can just, you know, hit the pause button for a second and think and take in and be in that moment. Otherwise, we're always, our brain wants to constantly be thinking about, and maybe it's like the like the lizard part of our brain that's trying to figure out what's going to happen all the time. You yeah, know, so well, it's I mean, always that, trying that, to predict and it's trying to like, <laughs> what's going to happen? Where am I? What's going to be? And it's, it's hard if you're not alone. That, that's like the fight or flight side of it. But then also you have, you know, like uh, something Jordan Peterson talks about a lot with, um, you know, what separates us from the animals. And that's our ability to bargain time now for benefit later. Yeah, that's you know? reason. Reasoning. Yeah, yeah, so like animals are like, they're just... Sacrifice. Yeah, they're just living. So as humans, we have this ability, you know, you save and and you save and you make a goal and you work towards this goal. And that's and, all sacrifice because you're sacrificing yeah. the now for the later. Exactly. But so it's it's like the double-edged sword. And again, going back to like the Eastern philosophies, like the yin-yang principle. Everything in life, you know, there's always a yin and a yang to everything. There's always two sides to everything. So the... Good side of not being present is you have the ability to, you know, sacrifice, save, make these big goals, work towards these huge things, and you know, and then the, and the, but the bad side of that is you aren't present when you're mm -hmm. doing that because you know you wake up every day and you're like I got to go to work I'm gonna work overtime I'm gonna do a side hustle I'm gonna save my money I'm gonna you know not eat out I'm gonna not go with my friends I'm gonna not be present today 
I'm going to be less present today because I'm, I'm sacrificing for this moment that I want to be ultra present for. And that's what I think, you know, is to me, the, the, the trade-off and the way that I like to live and what really works for me is I will sacrifice the fuck out of everything for this payoff to have this huge moment where I'm ultra present. And I want to be like, you know, I mean, when, when I go, when I make a big goal and I work towards something and I'm like, you know, six months from now, I'm going to Italy. The, 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 you know, like it was like last year, I went to Italy for three weeks and those three weeks I was, you know, the most present you could ever be, you know, basically as, as far as like I live my life. So yeah, I think, you know, if you're going to live in this modern society and you don't want to be a fucking caveman <laughs> barbarian, you know, hunter gatherer, literally living in the moment to survive. Um, I think the the only w- thing you can really do i don't think you can be present every moment of every day of your life i don't think it's feasible because you are sacrificing you are trading off you are making goals you are it also becomes the the, you need contrast to it doesn't it's you need the the unique experiences and compared with the pedestrian experiences too otherwise what are you living present in like what what is special about what you're doing if everything you're doing is always special so it's you know having that time that you're sacrificing gives contrast to the present moments, that ultra present moment that you're having. It's almost like a pleasure delay, right? It's like, yeah, edge, it's like yeah. life edging, which is what, you know, what's really funny about that is that what you're saying, the yang to that is what the Buddhist monks do where they give up everything and all they own is they own nothing. They yeah, have a pair of clothes. What's the payoff for them? Uh, I mean, if you deep dive into that, you know, just like, uh, literally like psychedelic euphoric enlightenment that's supposedly like a transcendental experience that is how, how do they get that like where does how uh, does that like occur? where does it de- occur you know it's like that's like swami rama shit of like people that like meditate for 20 years and then they achieve this like state where you know they're just uh they transcend reality basically do you think you know, they do uh, yeah, I do because one one of the great stories that Ramdas tells and Who's one of Ramdas quick Ramdas uh, you know Timothy Leary yes Ramdas and Timothy Leary were pals uh, in the, when they were at Harvard and Yale and all these I don't remember which school I'm not good with all that stuff but they were at a major institution together and you know they started doing the LSD studies and everything and and they both got booted basically because they were you know experimenting with psychedelic drugs. Right. Only the government can do that. <laughs> yeah, MK Ultra <laughs> for the win, baby. Uh, and and Ramdas became this figurehead for Eastern, you know, religious views in America and ran, you know, he basically toured the country just promoting this and traveled to the East a lot. And his whole life was promoting this Eastern philosophy, basically. Um, and, you know, obviously, like, Leary, you know, we all know about it. <laughs> Uh, we're not going to get into all the drug shit and everything, but um, the the most uh, firm, clear cut example that I can say like really speaks to what uh, becoming you know a monk and meditating for twenty years is uh, Ramdas went he had a guru, and he went over to the guru and he said, "Hey, I got LSD. I don't need to meditate. You know, I the, the, I already found my my god. My god is LSD, and is is." Uh, guru said was this guy to LSD or what he found when he was on well LSD? if you've ever done LSD if you've ever done LSD I mean you have a transcendent experience right if okay. you take enough LSD you have a transcendent experience so it's the experience that he's so basically what he what Ramdas was saying is that uh this is a car s- podcast guys. you spent 20 fucking years <laughs> meditating and I dropped a piece of paper on my tongue and we had the same experience and right. his guru said you're full of shit and you don't get it 
And so Ramdas gave his guru a dose of LSD, uh, like twelve hundred micrograms, which is like uh, fifty hits of acid. <laughs> so to give you an idea of like, if you take a hit of acid, you can't drive a car. You, sh- you know, if you if you took a hit of acid, you've never done it before. You wouldn't be able to drive a car. You'd be like freaking out. You'd be oh, you'd be in a weird place on one hit for how long? Uh, four to eight hours. Jesus. Okay. Uh, and uh, Ramdas gave his guru fifty times that. Why? Why did he? His guru want to prove a point to him. He want to say, "Hey, you're you're wrong," and I'm going to show you how. And he gave him like this it, this dose of drugs that would you know put you in a mental institution. If you if I gave you fifty times that, if for, you'd be in a mental institution for months okay. in a psychotic state. And he gave his guru this this mega dose of acid, and his guru just sat there and went, "This is nothing." And he it. He shrugged off something that you shouldn't be able to shrug off. It was a it was he he you know he debunked this false deity because he the, he he tra- the the meditation the years and years of meditation aestheticism and all that he is able to transcend all states and he I think he said like what's the quote uh, I'm on all planes at the same time you know it's like <laughs> yeah it's this transcendent thing but yeah so but you know you're not gonna do that right we live in america you're not gonna you're gonna sell your shit and move to a fucking you're gonna live in a a, a mud hut is and, there do you think that he's more fulfilled than you or i <laughs> well you know like where, where how do you what's the barometer for comparison for happiness and joy and and fulfillment and transcending this or transcending that like where there's no what measurement tool do you use to find out if it's worth it to do that or not that's a great fucking question because, you know, am I like would I would I go to you and say I, I'm I'm completely satisfied. I'm super happy. Everything's all peachy. No, no, it's not. But my life's a lot better than it's been. And, it, you know, it's it's I'm, I'm in a pretty good place. But that's the only problem you can have is yourself. I yeah, mean, that's really all you can do is like comparing your contentment to someone else. And is it's a good way to never be content. I think there's obvious signs of when you can look at a person and see. You know, there's like there's there's a pretty obvious like sliding scale of as far as like if you're hopelessly addicted to drugs and you're self medicating and you're in you're not you're not able to function and enjoy hobbies and like have a life, you know, it's like that's like the 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 bottom end. And then you know, as you climb up the scale, yeah, yeah. What's the difference between somebody that's just like generally happy and generally has a good life, uh, like Cheney? Our buddy Dave, yeah. Your buddy that, Dave, that buddy he's Dave like this happy. super, he's like, dude, ah, yeah. he's, yeah, he's like, dude, he's jazzed up about everything. He's like, I'm doing this. I'm having a great time. I'm working on my band. Like, he's always in a very, like, I would say Chaney, I would rate Chaney as like the the higher end of being happy and satisfied with your existence on earth uh, outside of like some kind of like crossing into like, uh, you know, a transcendent level. Yeah. Of- <laughs> Past that, you start to get into a little bit of mania. And it's all yeah. woo woo shit, right? You're like, like, all right, are you, are you, do you work at a job you like? Do you have hobbies you like? Do you have friends? It's not even that though. Family? It's not even do you work at a job you like? It's more, do you work at a job, even if you don't like the work, uh, the job that you work at, are you okay with it? Because if you're okay with it, it doesn't matter if you like it or not because you've come to terms with it yourself and you're, you're fine with it. And then that part is you're content. That's contentment. You don't have to be happy with your job to be content. Yeah, your job's not going to be a happy. You, you you wouldn't get paid if it was fun, right? <laughs> um, I list the job first because I think that's like the source of most people's unhappiness. I think mm-hmm. a, a very, very large portion of people in the United States are, are like 
terribly you have unhappy. To. Yeah, you have to, and you have bills, and you get trapped. And all you know, all that shit happens. You have kids, you have debt, you have blah blah, blah and then you find yourself, you know, working this horrible job you hate, and then you know you're you're delaying your gratification to go on this one week vacation mm-hmm. a year, and then that might not even fucking work out because you know the water heater went out, or God, you know, your kid fucking. You know, it's just like there's so many things that just cause these people to like. Why is it spiral? so hard to unburden unburden yourself? Because everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody looks. Look at what people like on Instagram. Look at what they're into. Look at what they aspire to. It's exploration pages. It's dudes that live in vans. It's like chicks with their boyfriends going on trips. All this stuff, and so they're living the vicariously through them. They know that's what could make them happy whether it would or not i don't i don't know most most of the time these idealized versions of people's lives are bullshit but everybody looks at it and knows that maybe living out of van with no responsibilities would inevitably be the way to go or to have like a like a trailer in montana with 50 acres and no internet maybe that would make you happier but yet on and on we go further piling burdens on ourselves you know like like javelins that need work yeah, the javelin's not a burden, though, you know. So I'll tell you this much, and here's the only thing I can really tell you, is that uh, when you're a person that people just, like, that you know or run into or, like, loosely associated with just, like, tell you, you're a free spirit. Like, what is that? What does that mean? Um, and, 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 it's, and it's weird. It's like uh, they say salesmen are born, not created. You can't create a salesman. Yep. You're born a salesman. And I think you're kind of born a free spirit. And, and as much as like everybody wants to be that person, they want to be, they want to be free, but it's sorry. Most people just aren't. And I, I'm not going to like, I don't, I hate to like brag up on myself, but like, I guess I'm a fucking free spirit, you know? And it's just kind of how I've always rolled. It's always who I've been. And, uh, I don't think that I, I didn't make, I, I was, th- I just was this way. Right. You know, there you didn't was, have to make the effort to do well, it. Well, and I'd say like if I was gonna really like deep dive into why, um, you know, I just have a total contempt for authority. And I think you develop that at a very young age. Sure. And I developed this contempt for authority at a very young age, and and then that just follows you through life and it comes with serious consequences. <laughs> that, no, it comes with serious like if if you're gonna have contempt for authority. You better develop an you better marry a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no shit. You be- but you also better become charming. Uh, you you better become like light on your feet. You better you know. Yep. You end up getting into bad situations all the time. I mean, dude, how many? I can't even describe to you how many bad situations I've gotten into in my life because I literally just have this like fundamental like I just won't pay tickets because I'm like I just I'm like. There's something about like who I am that I go fuck the police, fuck the government, you know, and that is so deep. Like I just won't even pay like a hundred dollar ticket because I'm fucking just that. It's like I just go ah fuck that and I throw it in the trash. Yeah, I've done that. It doesn't work out so great. No, it doesn't work out at all. It comes with grave <laughs> fucking consequences. Yeah. And then you're on your way to a nice Mexican restaurant with your friends, and you get pulled over, and they're like, you have a warrant for your arrest. And they and you take go, your car. And then you go, well, I don't think you should take my car. This is more of a hassle. I'm like four counties out of where I live. Like, And then you talk your way out of it. But that's like, if you're going to have this reckless, uh, free-spirited lifestyle, you got to have some, like, game to go with. You get, yeah. you know, it, 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 some personal salesmanship. You're going you're gonna to have a rough deal. It's like, what do they say? If you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. If you're going to be a fucking whatever, you better, yeah, you better learn how to be slick, right? Right, 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 right. <laughs> so tell us about how this, you know, this trip, like, 
free spirit Brandon wants he's always going to do stuff you know we had you on to talk about your motorcycle trip last time and I want to talk a little bit about this trip that you were just on uh with the javelin you went out and you didn't fly out to get this javelin no right? I mean no, that was no. never no so here's the deal uh my 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 buddy Nate who was just on the podcast um you were sick which mm-hmm. is a bummer um so Nate Nate gets me and like I love Nate he's one of my best friends and uh, like he moved to Bend, whatever, two years ago, and uh, he paid me two years ago to drive uh, his van that was here in Minnesota out to Bend. You know, just in the move, he couldn't bring this one vehicle, and he goes, "Hey, I'll I'll give you you know five hundred bucks in gas money to bring this van out to me." And I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" You know, and a lot of, when you do that shit, a lot of people are like, "Why are you like that's a like a what, that's a burden? That's a burden." You're yeah. like, "No, that's fucking awesome! Like, I'm getting a free vacation out of this. I get to drive." Out on somebody else's dollar, I get to do something I want to do anyways. Right on somebody else's dollar, that's living, man. That's great. Like that's what you know. That's what, like all this shit. Like fucking, we're doing this YouTube shit, and like hopefully at some point you at least make enough money, like just to break even. That'd be like the greatest thing yep. ever, right? For sure. So if I can break even on somebody else's dollar, and they're letting me do what I want to do anyways, and so yeah, that time I drove his van out, I bought this Ranger, drove back, went through the sawtooth, drove with Taylor, you know, kind of that whole story. That was another trip. So then uh, Nate uh, is leaving Bend and moving to Santa Cruz, and I just, you know, say, I go, hey, uh, I'll help you move. Uh, fly me out, you know, because it's like, you know, $250 plane ticket. He's like, yeah, I'll fly you out, and I'll pay your gas money back home. So he flew me out. Uh, he didn't find out what kind of car you were going to, with the fuel <laughs> yeah, economy he told you were going to. He told me 30 <laughs> miles to the gallon, but he ended up giving me 500 bucks uh, cash for gas money, which, what you know, whatever. Like, I mean, so I put... So Nate flies me out. I leave uh, Minnesota on uh, Tuesday morning. Um, had a terrible flight experience. I stayed up all night, dude. I fell asleep on the plane, and I was you know you have to wear a mask still. Mm-hmm. So I fell asleep on the plane, and my mask slid up off my mouth over my eyes, <laughs> and I woke up in Seattle, and my eyes were like on fucking fire because i had been breathing like into my eyes yeah and i was on a heavy dose of marijuana on that flight which is the way i like to fly because you know you're like i hate flying i just want to fall asleep so i wake up in seattle my eyes are burning ah i take this flight into bend and we we get there and that's tuesday we uh load all nate's shit up that's wednesday we do some more loading and this whole time you're looking for cars right Hadn't looked yet. He hadn't looked yet. Hadn't looked yet. So Wednesday, we fuck around, move shit, take care of business, tidy up loose ends, yada, yada, yada. Thursday morning, we get up, uh, and we leave first thing in the morning, and Anna, his Nate's wife, drives her car, and then Nate and me, Nate's in a U-Haul, I'm in Nate's moto van slash daily driver, and we head down to Santa Cruz, San Jose area, where Nate's working. Nate's working at Fox in, in Santa Cruz. Uh, so, uh, that's when I started looking, I hit the road, we hit the road from Ben. So it's like a six, eight hour drive. Um, and so Nate's in the U-Haul and I'm behind him and the whole drive down for like six, eight hours, I'm on my phone searching for cars mm-hmm. and I'm just keeping the U-Haul van in my peripheral. And I'm just like, all right, I just don't hit the U-Haul and don't let any cars get between us. So for six hours, I'm just scrolling, 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 And searching. you're sending me stuff. I'm like, nah, nah, Oh, yeah, nah, no. no. Well, here, okay, so let's talk, about, let's talk about this. This is fucking brutal, okay? Brutal. Ten years ago, you had Craigslist. Yeah. And you had cars for sale. Very simple. Anything you are going to find was going to be on Craigslist, cars for sale. Super simple. Now you toss in Mark fucking Zuckerberg. 
I hate Marketplace. Why doesn't anybody call him Fuckerberg? I've never heard. Ah, uh, they do. Yeah. Do they? Dude, did you hear Patty the Batty, the UFC guy? No. <laughs> he, he wins this fight. And he goes, they go, who do you want to fight next? He's like, I want to fight Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> it was the greatest <laughs> fucking thing ever. Ah, uh, yeah. The, the Marketplace sucks. It, they make the it hard fucky. on purpose. They're like trying to cultivate some like local experience. And I, I don't, don't know what the fuck they're trying to do. But the algorithm. Here's my problem with Marketplace is I can. Going so I'll have this. I'll be you know I set my perimeter to San Jose, fifty miles. I'll go into the cars for sale. I'll put in my dollar perimeter and my year perimeter, and I'll pull up. I'll hit go, and it'll generate. Check out this car in Houston. And yeah, it'll generate this nonsense <laughs> shit. And then if you close the app and you open it right back up instantly, right? Like thirty seconds later, you reopen this app. You put the same parameters in. The list is completely fucking different. I know. It's so you have to you have to repeatedly and and so I've kind of figured out a little bit about how to uh, I'll, I'll alter my search radius, my location, my price parameters. I'll make these very slight alterations, and over like a three to five hour period, I can kind of suss out the actual cars that are for sale in a given uh, location, like Northern California. But it requires. Uh, probably 50 plus searches in 10 different locations with 10 different price parameters with 10 different year yeah, parameters. It's a huge hassle. It, 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 yeah. You're like algorithms are supposed to make our lives easier, not more miserable. You cunts like no, it's I, fucking yeah, awful. The goal of the algorithm is not to make your well, life. I don't easier. know what the fuck the goal of their fucking algorithm that. is, dude. It sucks. I hate marketplace. All right. Now let's talk about Craigslist. Craigslist is now useless. Nobody uses went, it. No, that's not true. That's not true. Huh. Craigslist went to charging for car ads. Yeah, five bucks, right? So now people list cars for sale in auto parts, wheels and tires. Oh, okay. So now the the real gems that you're going to find now are Craigslist and listed in auto parts. I'm going to delete. I'm bleeping this out so nobody hears ah, it. Ah, fuck it, dude. It's so hard <laughs> to find. You know, dude, these like... Uh, but. So now instead of 10 years ago, you went on Craigslist, you went in cars for sale. Now you have to do this ridiculous dance dance that yeah. takes three hours on Facebook. And in my, in my brain, I, I, you know, I build this, like, I kind of gather this, like, you know, net of cars that are potentials. Then you have to go to Craigslist. Do you go like by cars or like type of car? Are you like, I want this type of car? No. Or are you like, I want a Chevette? Like, no, what? no, I keep it totally open. I keep it totally open because you never know what you're going to find. You'll never know when like just this thing will pop up and it just hits you and you're like, Fucking that's it, dude. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why I like to leave it really broad because you never know what you're gonna find. You never know when some like really, really just like thing you never even thought of, right? You so never, was there it, anything that was really sticking out to you right away? No, nah, man. I was getting I mean kinda, you sent me a what, a pacer or was it a gremlin or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With that a manual was pretty cool. It was a manual three speed. Yeah, that was kind of cool. No, man, I was having I was actually kind of bumming, dude. I was like legitimately. What was your price restriction? Where were you at for price? Four thousand. I was trying to be under 4000 It doesn't get you much anymore. No, it doesn't get you much anymore. That's a problem. That's what I'm starting to realize, dude. And like now, like when you look at like a Mark, a good Mark One's five grand again. Oof. You know, yeah. it, dude, when I first, when I like 2008, when I first wanted a Mark One, they were five grand. Then they went to like 2500 and then now they're crawling back mm -hmm. up again. I used to buy him for 500 bucks. Well, yeah, but you know, it's like, I'm ancient, you're old so. as fuck. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, so. Yeah, you're, and and that was like I was I was legitimately kind of bumming, and by I hadn't found a car. We were down in San Jose, and we had moved. Nate it's because his, your price 
that's what it was. Well, really. yeah, I mean, there was some cool stuff, but yeah, it's 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 a dicey, you know. It's like you never know where you're gonna find a gem. Like I bought this super fucking great Cherokee XJ Cherokee out of uh, Portland for nineteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Really nice condition, really cool color combo. So like, I don't want to just jump to searching because also, as you like, if you if you go to like the ten thousand, if you go to zero to ten thousand, the number of cars that you're adding. You know, so, like, you got to kind of, like, I, I, I don't have a good way of explaining to you how I, like, section out. Because it's very, like, it, it's kind of erratic how, like, I, I go to these brackets. So, like, I'll go to, like, a, a 500 to 3,000 or 3,500 bracket. And then I'll go a 2,500 to 5,500 bracket. I and, do the same thing, man. It's no, just... I know. But I'm trying to explain to people that, like, dude, with, with the, the, dude, the Facebook marketplace algorithm is such a piece of shit. Yep. You have to do these really weird brackets. And it just... It, literally, you can search 20 different things, and it takes you have to search 20 different parameters to really develop uh, an idea of the actual probably 500 cars for sale yep. in your spectrum of what you're looking for. And when you're on Craigslist, you could type like minus Chevy, and it would pull all the Chevys out you of your type, search. Dude, Craigslist is dope as far as and like. So you could really filter it down. You could have like a, a search, and then you could save that, you could bookmark that. And yeah. you could like research for the exact same thing. And it always comes back up because that 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 ad is tied to a distinct URL. Yeah. Versus I don't know what the fuck they I don't I dude I, I don't even want to get into it. Yeah. I don't want to get into it, dude. Like whatever <laughs> Facebook like it's yeah. Dude it's, I had a so I had a job. I I was hired by Facebook to um write like a bunch of how to buy a car. Yeah. How to buy a hatchback, how to buy a truck, how to buy and I wrote and I I'm not I didn't sign an NDA, I don't think, but whatever. Uh, it's not a big deal. Anyway, so I, I, I wrote all this stuff, and I was communicating with Facebook about um, this is what you would want to know if you were actually going to buy one of these things. And they, they, they ended up not using anything I wrote. Yeah, probably because it was too actual legitimate. It was, like, it, was, yeah. it was really legitimate. It was really broken down for people. But, I mean, it got to the point where it was like, well, I Googled, and it says that Toyota has a three-cylinder engine. Why didn't you talk about that on in this? And it was just became this <laughs> just became this comical thing. And I'm, I'm only saying that. To explain that the people that are writing this algorithm don't know anything about cars. Yeah. Nothing. 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 And th- they live in Silicon Valley. They don't drive cars. They don't like cars. They don't want anything to do with people driving their own cars and having personal autonomy. <laughs> okay. This is nothing yeah, that okay, they want. So, so, so they don't care. They don't give a shit about you with your $2,500 to $5,000 bracket. It, it is not even so, it's not even a, a, a micro piece of dust on their radar. They don't care. So here's the here's the thing I'll say that I'm going to tell you right now that in the way that everything in life is again yin and yang, I think that the 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 yang the yin to the the Silicon Valley yang of not giving a fuck about any of this is there's a huge benefit to us people that care because they do such a bad job and they make it so difficult and it's so contrived and it you know that they could make an algorithm that would help you find these gems. Yep. You could a guy could make a site like gemfinder.com or whatever that like helps you like find these amazing things, right? There's a way yep. to do it. But they do the ab- exact opposite. Yeah, the and database it, isn't accessible by anyone. So yeah, you can't so even So it's it's really funny. So I find this car and I, I was I was showing my uncle and my uncle had this just gem of a line. He goes, he goes, dude, finding a a a, a really good car to buy on Craigslist. It was an email-only Craigslist ad with, like, three pictures and no description, and it was a legitimate ad. 
you know, you think scam all the time with Craigslist. That sounds like my trooper. Yeah, exa- exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. That, and then that, and when we got there, I'm still like, are we, is this a scam? Are yeah. we in a Coen Brothers movie? What's yeah. going on? This yeah. is fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my uncle goes, yeah, that's pretty much a 2022 barn find. Like that's that, you know, that's a digital age barn find. When you find an elderly person out of touch, but in touch and like Craigslist has been around since the late nineties. Right. Mm-hmm. So these people that were 60, 70, so they're 50 when Craigslist is invented. Yep. And they had a computer, so they like, I know what Craigslist is. So, Let's throw it so on Craigslist, there. like Marketplace, anyone that's on Marketplace is keyed in to Values. The, the modern internet. Yep. They're they're smart enough to know how to Google something. Yeah. So if you're gonna find a gem it is not in twenty twenty two, it ain't on Facebook. Yeah. Because anyone's using Facebook, and, and if you list a gem up on Facebook, Dude, I listed up some free ladders the other well day. You might as well walk into a bar with dude, your tits hanging dude, out. Yeah, I listed up these free ladders. <laughs> message, 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 message. Yeah. So the, 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 the 2022 Zillennial Barn Find is, is, is a fucking 70-year-old that knows what Craigslist is, but doesn't really know how to use the internet, doesn't really have a working digital camera, can't really take good pictures. You know, they, they, they get that there's no trading times. Yep. They get that that still exists, dude. <laughs> I know it does, but it like, fucking does. <laughs> so this, this, you know, these seventy-year-olds are like hip enough to be like, oh, no. So be. what's what's train times? It's a fucking magazine. You know, it's a local magazine that people just you put in it's, an ad, right? It's in the grocery store. Yeah. They're, they're stacked up right next to where you check out. Like, yeah. you walk out of the checkout lane, and there's there they are right there. Yeah, the there was stack. the there was the local newspaper with the classified section, and then like the the Craigslist, like the the breakthrough technology in like 1978, <laughs> was some guy was like. I bet we can get enough people to advertise their shit for sale that I can have my whole own magazine. Yep. And 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 it was bigger pictures. Bigger ads, but the more stuff space. Is still, the stuff is still used. Just like when I was in the Pinto driving across the country and there was no radio stations, AM only radio, but there was one station that came in and the radio program, it was 8 AM, and the radio program was a dude telling people what shit was for sale in that county. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've got a, this Bob's got a miter saw, brand new in box, <laughs> it's a Makita. You'll let it go for fifteen fifty, your best offer. And that is something that people are still doing. They're still using the trading times and they're still like using the newspaper. There's still stuff in there. And oh I, yeah, it exists I haven't still. looked at any of that hard copy no, stuff No, and I want to go do that. And like, that's, that's what we're going to no, do. No, we're going to do that. And that's the thing, like... There are real fucking gems out there, and I I just I've been on a deep dive on on Softwide Underbelly. It's this fucking YouTube channel, and this guy he he, he told me some shit that really like resonated with how you get uh, synced into a rural community because he goes out and tries to find these like very oddball people in rural places, mm-hmm. and he gave me some really good tips. I'm not gonna give them out right now because like we're gonna have to use yeah them. we're gonna talk me and you are gonna talk, but yeah. like there are other ways there are other methods there's other there are other methodologies but for the intents and purposes of this trip i'm on a limited timeline i told my boss i was taking roughly a week off yeah that was the goal i want to stay around well, boss a week. Is pretty chill he my knows boss you. is really chill uh he, he he is very flexible he's very reasonable he's a nice guy the thing about sticking to a week is uh one week becomes two weeks really quickly well, when you're all the way on the West Coast, when you're yeah. fucking around, if you get into a fucking around mindset, like if you tell yourself I'm taking a week off, I ended up taking you know a week and three days off, week and four days off. But if I had just gone like I have an unlimited timeline here, I might have been gone for a month. You know, I yeah. could easily have, I could easily have done that. So constraining myself to saying I, I have a week off 
it it keeps a sense of urgency. It keeps you moving. It keeps you going. You know, you're like, all right, forces gotta, you to make some decisions. Yeah, and you have to do that because I I can fuck around forever. I'm really good at fucking around, dude. <laughs> I'm super good at again free spirited. I'll hang out. I'll do you know. There's a lot of fun shit to do in the world, especially on the West Coast. You can go yep. fuck off months of time. So I needed to find a car. I needed to be now. It needed to be ready to drive. There was some awesome projects. If I had two weeks off, there was some really cool cars I found that I probably could have gotten running in a week and then driven in a week, you know. So, but I had to find a running car, and I find this Craigslist ad, uh, you know, email-only Craigslist ad, shitty, shitty pictures, barely any description, sounded like a scam. Yep. What, so do you look, what are you looking for exactly when you see this? What was your search parameters? What are you... Oh, dude. I mean, I, I I was really bumming. I was really bumming and having a hard time, and I just wasn't finding what I was looking for. And, you know, we've talked about, and like, you throw on it. What's it? Yeah, what has it? Well, you know it when you see it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Like, I've bought enough cars. I've been around enough. I've done this enough where I see things, and you go, well, that's it. You know, yeah. usually when I buy a car, I'll search for four to eight hours. I'll spend probably, I'll, I'll invest four to eight hours of total hardcore burning up battery phone time looking at cars. And usually by the end of that 48 hours, there'll be one or one to three cars yep. total. Yep. And so at this point, I, 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 I was 12 to 14 hours into looking. And the only car that really turned me on was I, that Pacer. Yep. Gone, sold. So fuck. And then this Javelin. The only other car. And then I'm like, so now I'm in this like weird mind space of I'm like, fuck, this this has gotta be a scam. It, it 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 everything in my brain was like scam, 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 scam. You know, you're like, this is too good to be true. This must be a scam. It's like, you know, but I'm like, fuck it, I don't got anything to lose. Like I'm I'm still gonna send an email. So I hit the email, you know, here's expecting I say not, here's my phone number, please call me. Yeah. That's yeah. I was expecting it to be a fucking scam. It yeah. seemed very scammy. And so then we're out at dinner, and I get a call from Everett, Washington. So already I'm like, oh, scam. Like, new, you know, I sent an email to a Craigslist ad, and, like, very quickly after that, uh, scam, 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 different state, different oh, no, area I hear you are interested in my job. Yeah, right? And instead it's this older lady, you know, and she's like, hey, I, uh, you're just Brandon. Uh, you know, I'm responding to this. I'm, I'm, I'm responding to the emails for my brother that lives with my other brother, here's the other brother's phone number. So I get... At that I, point, I go, this probably isn't a scam because that's like no, crazy. No, it, you know? no, so this is where I cross the threshold of this is legitimate. But I also become keenly aware of the fact that I'm dealing with lunatics. Yeah, you're playing telephone. Elderly people. Yeah. Sick people, yep. they, 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 like all of a sudden. So, so with that call of like a legitimate person that's very believable, you go, okay, this car exists. Mm -hmm. This is a real car. It's for sale. I can buy this car. But you also become keenly aware that this is a precarious situation because you're dealing with some kind of strange circumstances, and you immediately know why it's still available. Exactly because this is going to be a difficult car to buy. Right. You know it. You know it. So you're like, oh, we just found gold. We just found gold. We just found a difficult car to buy. But that, that gold that, is about 300 feet under bedrock. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's going to be difficult. You're like, this is so much a scam. How many people even respond to this? Like, there's so many things I'm like, okay. So now we're in that that space of like, you're like, and okay. You it, did you send it to me pretty much right away? Was that when you sent it to me? 
I can't remember. Yeah, probably. I, like, I mean, yes. I said that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is great. It was out of budget, but whatever. And so now, now I'm in the lurch where you're like, oh, I'm fucking excited. Like, I can actually buy this car. This could actually happen. Yeah. You know, I'm like, now I'm pumped. Like, yep. I'll tell you what, dude. There's like, uh, the, there's 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 a couple things that turn me on. You know, like, and and one of the like, as far as like heart palpitations, excitement. Like hard to sleep at night, like things that actually get me going, really actually like turn me on, get me going, super excited. Yep. That aren't like uh, stimulants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the chase of a real find. Yeah. You know, because there's so few real, true finds yep. in this world. They're a rare thing. So I, I I call the brother and I get him on the phone. And he answers his phone right away. So I'm like, okay, thank God, right? Like, because, you know, you might call that number for weeks and, you know, who knows. Uh, I get the guy on the phone. I can't understand a fucking thing this guy is saying. Okay. Not a fucking word. I couldn't understand a fucking thing he said. So it's like. Just a bad connection or the, the guy's just old or what's the deal? I'll get to that. So I managed to, I, it's like late Thursday night and I go, I'll come look at the car first thing tomorrow morning. I'm like, 9 o'clock. You can't even understand it. I'm like, okay. So I had a hard time falling asleep that night because I was legitimately very excited. And uh, I, I pass out. I get up. I wake up at like 6 a.m. because we're on the West Coast. And I'm like, my, you know, we're three hours ahead. So I like smoke cigarettes and walk around and like wait, like waiting to call this guy. I call him at 830. He's just like screaming at me on the phone at 830. When I call him, like, fuck, I just blew the deal. I just blew the deal. Like, you know. And then he goes, oh, 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. So oh, I got good. I got 10 o'clock. I got Dixon Landing Road. Milpitas I got from the fucking ad. That's all I got on this car. <laughs> Legitimately all I could understand. I You know, that's all I got. Yeah. So I go to Nate. I go, hey, we got to go find this car. He goes, what's the address? I don't have an address. I'm like, we're going to. But, but, you know, and this is this is a great. Uh, Nate's such a fucking G dude to you know, there's people, that, it, like a lot of people, if you went up to and you go, uh, I have a street and we got to go find a car in a city. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, you're an idiot and I'm not going to be part of that. And no, that Nate, sounds and, awesome. Let's but go. Yeah, Nate, Nate, <laughs> Nate's like, oh, we'll figure this it's out. It's like, like having a treasure map where the dashed line just kind of starts to fade away like someone spilled coffee on it. You're like, yeah. well, let's go to where the, 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 the dashed line stopped and the coffee spills right. Let's just go <laughs> see what we got. Yeah, so, and I mean, this is like, dude, I hate this, like, you know, you know, when I was telling the Mexico story and there's like weird things that happened in my life. And this seems fake. This is like, you know, this is like the kind of shit that you'd make up to be like, oh, let's enhance the drama of this, like, so, like, I don't know what to tell you. Nate can back this up. Like, we can corrupt. I, I hate this shit that seems fake because it's, like, it's so great. And it, like, it turns me on so much. And, it, like, it excites me so much because, like, this is part of the whole deal where I'm, like, this is great. This is awesome. You know, like, the this intrigue. Kind of stuff, this kind of stuff happens a lot. But you have to put yourself in a position for these things to happen. You have to have, like, experience after experience after experience after experience. And then, and then boom, you'll have, like, one of the big ones. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's gonna, it'll happen to you if you just keep doing it. It I, will. I, it will. I just I just really... Uh, and I'm not even talking about a find or a deal. I'm talking about a really good experience that's special. It's this shit that seems made up because, like, there's certain things where, like, the suspense of disbelief and, like, the alarm bells ring, and I'm, 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 I'm setting you up for what's going to happen next because okay. this is just, like, shit that, like, you go, this is made up. 
you're fucking lying, like, because it's the kind of thing that I'd lie about to make a story better. <laughs> so okay. Nate and I go to Milpitas. We got Dixon Landing Road. We pull it up on Google Maps, and we look at it. Dixon Landing Road tees on two ends. Perfect. And it's like a 10-mile-long road. All right. So we're like, okay, we're just going to go to one end and figure it the fuck out. So we drive to the end of this road, and we, like, turn around to drive down Dixon Landing. And the corner of Dixon Landing's on McCarthy Boulevard. <laughs> and like I, you know, woo woo shit, right? That's my last name. You're like, you're like, I'm trying to buy this car. I'm in this weird place. We've got this no address. Like this, all these factors. The situation like builds, and then it culminates in us like turning a UE in front of a fucking street sign that says my fucking name on it. And you got to just go. Well, this is meant to be, you yeah. know? But, like, I hate but that you're, shit. you're, like, chuckling to yourself. What, what if it's right here? <laughs> well, yeah, but you're like, you're like, this is like, wait, you're like, hey, universe, fuck you. Like, you know, don't do this little on the nose, universe. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you're like, this is so ridiculous. Like, when these things happen in my life, I've had situations in my life where things went so wrong, you're like, oh, there's, like, no, right doesn't even exist anymore. And then these things that go right and then it's like, it's the kind of shit that, you know, you've written a fiction book, right? That's the kind of shit you like when you're fictionalizing a story, you're punching up a story. Yep. You add these little like, oh, it's on the corner of it's McCarthy al- it's almost, Boulevard. It's almost too good. Like I couldn't even put that in a and book so, because hey, it's so absurd. Hey, fuck faces <laughs> out there that are going to go, this guy's full of shit. Go to, go to Google Maps, type in Dixon Landing Road, Milpitas, California, and go to the... I want to say south end of the road, and you'll see McCarthy fucking Boulevard. I'm not making this up. This isn't bullshit. I don't, I can't explain this shit. You know, you're like, God damn it. Like, like a, ah, you know, so uh, we get to this, we turn around, we start driving up Dixon Landing. I got the Craigslist ad open, and I see the Javelin parked under a sunshade with terracotta, you know, shingle the tiles. And it's You're like Sherlock Holmesing the, the hell out of this. It's like uh, the, the 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 metal frame that holds up the sunshade is like painted in like a avocado green with a white brick wall. Okay. And so we just drive along. <laughs> We're just like cruising in a thirty mile an hour road, putting. Doo, 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 doo. I'm like, there it is. I mean, plain as day. It wasn't you know? It's a big apartment complex. Yeah. The whole thing's surrounded in a white brick wall. Uh, you know, and it was like I'm like, there it is. And we just pull in and we just drive through the parking lot. There's the javelin, which is like a great moment. You're like, oh, this car really exists. It's real. You know, like that's exciting, right? That's yeah. like exciting too because, yeah. you you know. Because uh, up to this point, it's like hey, everything's dude, a little the, enigmatic. Until, I mean, I've bought cars where I've exchanged money and had deals fall through. Like deals fall through mm-hmm. all the time. All the time. So when you're at the point where you found one thing you want, the odds of a singular deal going through, working out, no hitches, and then when you add on top of that the fact that it's a Craigslist ad, email only, and we're working through a sister communicating for a brother, communicating for another brother. Yep. So like you're like this is a pre- this is a very fucking precarious deal. And my bosses at German Auto Works they buy and sell a lot of cars, and they do these precarious deals, and they do them really well. That's one of the reasons my bosses do so well at buying these cars. They they do really well on because they know how and. You know, props to them. Like I just, you know, you, you realize you, you start to get an appreciation of how you handle precarious situations for purchasing things. Yep. You know, because the best cars come from dying people. Because the most loved cars people hang on to till the day they die. Yep. 
you know, and that's always a precarious situation. It's hard. It's also a sensitive situation. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of things. Yeah. It's a lot of things. And this guy, this guy that, uh, that sold the javelin. Yeah. Let's take it. Hold on. Just hold a, on second. a second. We're yeah. going to get something to drink. Yeah. I got something to drink. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor, Petrolbox. Petrolbox is a monthly service made specifically for the automotive enthusiast. Each month, they carefully select items including tools, detailing supplies, apparel, garage gear, stickers, and publications to be sent right to your doorstep. It's a curated selection of the latest and greatest gear in the industry. And there's actually two different levels of subscription to choose from. You have the Petrobox Basic, which costs less than 20 bucks a month, and the Petrobox Premium, which gets you even more gear for $39.95 a month. Be sure to check them out at mypetrolbox.com and use the code OVERCREST at checkout to get Six dollars off your first month. All right, all right. My thirst has been quenched. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I get to this apartment complex. Um, I see the javelin, and we connect. And out from this apartment walks this not elderly, but you know, fifties, late fifties, early sixties guy, barely can walk, barely can talk. Guy uh, suffered a horrible stroke. You know, burp, burp, you know, he's like, you know, you've talked to the stroke, like the side of the face, you know, yeah. this guy's in rough shape and you're like, oh, you're the owner of the car. No, that's the brother. The brother that owns the car is straight up dying. Like hospice. Hospice in a hospital bed, you know, catheter, piss bag, you know, dying. Like he, you know, it's just, and, uh, they listen to the car for sale like a week. Before I looked at it, I guess it had been advertised for a week or two, right? I mean, this guy is dying. He did not want to sell his car, you know? I mean, this car was his prized possession, and it was his daily driver. It was the only car. It was 30 years. That was his car. He daily drove the 69 Javelin from, like, 82 to now, you right. know? Um and this guy's fucking dying, and you're like, I gotta buy this car, and I really want this car, and you know, it becomes a tenuous situation. Did you feel like, because I've been in the situations, like if you look at this tailgate that's sitting right next to us, that came from a guy named Lloyd, and Lloyd was a super old dude, and he had a ton of rabbits, and rabbit pickup trucks, but I left with that tailgate and not a truck, yeah. because I didn't, I, he, granted, he wasn't dying, so it was different, but I didn't want to take something away. I didn't yeah. want, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I felt if I would have tried to buy something from him that I was, it was almost like theft, you know, yeah, like, man. not even just theft of the vehicle, but theft of, of part of him. No. Yeah. What you're really stealing and, and these people are completely cognizant of it is that the, the, the world at large, you know, they're, they're leaving the world and the world at large doesn't know them, doesn't care about them. That, you know, and I know it's like really cold hearted to say, but it's just the truth. You know, we're all going to die. And when, when you die, if you have a family, you know, the, the rest of the world moves on, man. And like these cars and these collectibles and these things that these people, these elderly dying people have they're they, I mean, I think they're keenly aware of the fact that it's one of the few things that they still possess that the world at large cares about. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not a fan, if you're just a regular fucking Joe, you know, like these, like, 
these, these, these known people, these famous people, you know, it's like they, when they're dying, you know, they get all these accolades and everything. But, you know, 99.999% of people just die. And they just disappear and they, the world moves on. And, and, and as you're going through that, which has got to be a very painful process and, you know, it's, you know, difficult and all that. And, and you're like, I, you know, this man had no physical strength left. He had no physical abilities. He could barely speak. You know, he had nothing. The, literally, the only thing this man had left in the world was his javelin. Knowing it was still parked outside. Knowing it was still parked outside. Couldn't drive it. No fucking way that guy could drive that car. He barely, he couldn't even walk, couldn't talk. The car has no power brake. You know, there's no way this guy. He said he drove it six months ago. I like, he must have, he must have been on a, if he drove that car six months ago, he's been on a, he was on a very steep decline in health because, you got to have a decent amount of physical strength to drive that car because it has manual fucking brakes. Right. You know, so, yeah, the guy didn't want to sell the car. He knows he's dying, and that's, like, his last, you know. It's just, like, it's this last thing that ties him to the world, right? Mm -hmm. Really, it is. Like, you know, it, it. It's something he loves that the world loves, too. Something he loves that the world loves. It's the last thing that this guy had that really, you know. You could say, what what did I do? How did I spend my life? What did I do? I worked all these, you know, I worked fucking 50 years and what i have to show for it i have at least this to show for it you know i bought this i kept this alive i mm -hmm. you know so this is literally you're asking a dying man to part with his last love in life and you know that's a that's a tough why situation. do you think people choose cars why what is it about that <laughs> Dude, about cars that are these are these things that become defining of who we are well till uh, the, till the day we die I mean, dude, you know, this is this is something that car people will always understand and, and non-car people will never understand. If you say it's just a car, it's just a car. It's not just a car. It's never just, you know, because here's the thing. Even if you have a fucking Toyota Corolla, you know, and, and you're just a fucking person that doesn't give a fuck about a car, if you really think about it, if you really consider it, if you really were to look at it when you, like, you send this, this piece of shit Toyota Corolla to the junkyard, uh, you might, you probably can remember where that dent came from, and where that scratch came from, and that stain in the seat, and all these. You know, it, we live in a car culture. America is a car culture, unless you live in New York City. Or, yeah, but why do know. we choose that? Why do we choose? I'm, I mean, I, it's I, a I know huge, what my answer is. It's I'm a just... huge country. It spans thousands of miles, and there's there's just there's shit everywhere. It's all cool. You want to go places. You want to do. I mean, dude, a lot of people will say that cars are just appliances, but nobody's taking the refrigerator with them to the grave, even if they've got fucking pictures on the damn thing from their <laughs> kids and grandkids and great grandkids, whatever. They don't give a shit. Yeah, but for some everything reason, everything that happens in your life, a car brought you there, dude. Every you know exactly. You, you know, you brought your kid home from the hospital in a car. You went to your graduation in a car. You went to prom in a car. You know, you had this great vacation. And, and for me as a car guy, if I go on a great vacation, there's going to be a picture. And, like, you look at my javelin trip, and everyone always criticizes me. All my non-car family and friends are always like, every fucking picture you take is a goddamn car in the center. And you're like, well, the car is the focal point of my life. My whole life revolves around cars. But you look at these, like, great vacation photos of people, and, and there's always a car in the background. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always like, oh, there's the old station wagon. It's loaded full of shit. You know, oh, we went to, we went to Aspen, you know. We got a flat on the way up. You know, we had to buy some tire chains, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is when, when I sold the Pinto, you know, after doing the trip with it and yeah. with my daughter, my daughter was crushed. Oh, yeah, yeah, She's yeah. eight years old, and she was crushed that we were getting rid of the Pinto because even an eight-year-old, without even thinking about it, understands that that Pinto was a tool that allowed her and I to have that experience. 
and it and it represents it's almost like you know we had one experience in that so that it was basically a trophy for that experience you know it's something that we an object that we could that we could tie together with and have memories and nostalgia for and as a tool there's very little that allows you to experience as much as a car does there's, well, yeah, there's, yeah. there's almost not I mean nothing. It's the right tool for America, right? Like here's the thing. Um like I was in Italy. I rented a Vespa. And a lot of people were like, <laughs> "You rented a Vespa?" That's uh, the right tool for dude, the job, that man. That was the fucking tool for the job. Yeah. I went I we we were, we were stationed out of uh, How badly did you want to bring that thing home with you? Even though you rented not it. Not that badly cuz it was a modern Vespa. Uh, if okay, it was an yeah, old yeah. Vespa, two-stroke Vespa, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, lo- yeah, yeah. I really loved it. But uh, you know, we were like an hour outside of Milan is where the race was. And I went to Genoa. I went to Torino. You know, I went to Milan. Yeah. I, I, I put over 2,500 kilometers on this Vespa in three we- two weeks because the third week I didn't have it. So in two weeks, I did 2,500 kilometers in Italy. And it was amazing. Dude, you wouldn't have wanted, if you took your 911 to Italy, you would have been fucking annoyed. Mm-hmm. There's just too many people. The yeah, it's just the wrong car. It's too, it's, it's, it's too big. Yeah. I'd rather have a 356. It's, a, you know, sure. I'd rather have a Fiat 500. You know, like literally, like it's, it's the right tool for the job. So, America, we have this massive country. It spans huge, especially in the West. Yep. You span these huge fucking distances. What's the right tool for the job? You want a vehicle that can fucking cruise, right? You know, you I'm know? trying to think if there's anything else. <laughs> that any object that kind of fits the bill. And I think the only thing I can think of is I have my grandfather's camera. Yeah. Where that camera has been and what that camera did and the pictures that it took. And the and this is fairly enigmatic, and I don't know if other people feel this way, but the light that passed through that camera is filled with places I was. And it captured, like, I, I look at film maybe differently than a lot of people do is I... You know, digital doesn't have the same vibe to me. And I know there's a lot of people, and we talked about this a little bit, a lot of people have glommed onto film photography. Yeah, Darren. Yeah, Darren Brooks. <laughs> they've just glommed onto it. And, and it's because it is romantic. It really is. It and, is. And it, and it has a romanticism. It and for me, that comes from, it is a chemical process. Digital is not a chemical process. It's a digital process. It's different. Film is a chemical process in which I have exposed molecules onto another thing and it is it is physically yeah light has mass it, it is that physical thing in that moment it's there yeah light's a thing light's a particle right like it, it light's a real the, thing it is the instant of that moment it's there it's chemically physically there yeah so when i when i shoot film and i have that negative that is that is that moment. It's not It's not kind of like that moment. It's not a version of that moment. It's fucking it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it. So a camera in that way is, I mean, as a photographer, I'm probably biased in a way, but that's fucking it for me. So cameras in a way of having experiences and a tool to capture experiences is kind of in that same vein, but I can't think of anything else. A picnic blanket? Maybe. No, because, yeah, yeah, because, I mean, like, I can think of, like, uh, uh, I'm just trying to think of other things that, like, things that run in, like, a family tradition and, like, you know, where do where do people get together? What do people surround around, you know? Like, people get around campfires. People get around, you know, they go to the cabin. They go to the lake, yeah. you know? So it's these objects that draw people together or it's it's any object that facilitates bringing the people that you love that enrich your life together 
you know, to experience something and together. It's, dude, it's so fucking hard. That's something that like so bumps me out now. I'm I'm 32, and between 22 and 32, getting people in the same place that's the other thing where people are like oh you like somebody's like making like oh you're gonna move your buddy you're gonna go move you're like dude i i i feel so fortunate that you can that i can spend three days with him like do you know how hard it is did all my best friends left my three best friends left they all live on the west coast all around the west coast do you know how i visited all of them i visited nate Four times now. I visited Sully twice. I visited Darren three times or something like that. Do you know how much expense? Like that's a real fucking effort you have to put out to like see these people to get these and and try getting ten people together. Right. I just had a housewarming party and I couldn't believe how many people showed up and it was like amazing. And and you're like, oh, this is awesome. And then you're like, try doing that again. Yeah, it's basically weddings and funerals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, that, there's a joke about weddings and funerals, but that's yeah, about it. Yeah, I got like 30 plus people to come to my housewarming party and I couldn't fucking believe it. And the only reason I attribute that happened was because people are so like starved for connection because yeah. of COVID that they were like, a thing that's planned, you know? So so any object that can facilitate bringing the people you love together just inherently is going to develop meaning and like it is a meaningful object. It's a tool that facilitates what really brings joy to your life. And what really brings joy to your life is the people that you love. And 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 I love the cars way more than everyone. And 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 I want to drive a car to the place that, you know, the people are more important. I drive that javelin into a lake to save a friend. But I love the javelin. I love cars. Would you drive the javelin into a lake to save me? <laughs> Depends on how and why. Like that's a why am I in the lake in the first place? I don't know. Yeah, that's a bad. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go back to the to the to the guy. Okay, so he comes out. He's the brother. The brother can't talk. Being a stroke, very grumpy. You know, jilted kind of guy. He had a. You want to talk about a? He cot? probably doesn't want to sell a javelin either. No, he really did because he needed oh. that money. Okay, because yeah, he's taking care of the dying brother, and that was a that's a cautionary tale. That guy had an interesting story. His dad died when he was young and he inherited money and he literally goes, I partied for a decade. He partied from like 1978 to 1989. I mean, think about what that was like. He's in Santa Cruz for for the, he he partied a decade. He partied and blew this whole inheritance. He's like, I should have bought a house. I could have bought a house in Santa Cruz for a hundred grand. And, yeah. and now this dude's destitute in an apartment, stroked out in a shitty apartment in Milpitas with his dying. I mean, it was a sad scene, dude. I'm not gonna lie. Like, it's a it's a cautionary tale for like why you should save for your retirement, and, like be somewhat fiscally responsible. You you know, talking about sacrifice and living yeah. in the moment and doing these things. Like, you are gonna die, and you should try to be at least a little prepared for it. But yeah. uh, so yeah, the brother wanted to sell it, and so I, I I went and talked to the the guy that actually owned the car. He could barely speak. He could still smoke though. Okay. Me and him smoked a cig together. Yeah, you know it's like, dude, that that Nate was giving me a fucking hilarious. Nate's been telling me to quit. I need to quit smoking, and Nate was like, I'm trying to get you to quit smoking. No, too. I know. I did fucking. I really need to quit smoking. I'm gonna. It's gonna kill me. I know that. I know. And like when you're like sitting there smoking a cigarette with a dying dude, that's like literally. I mean, you're like. That's a bad scene, but you know, so <laughs> it was another funny thing when I walked in, the, the guy's in a hospital bed and he's got like a little TV and he had Bonanza on hmm. and I walked in and I go, oh, Bonanza. 
And the guy literally like looks at me like, who the, who the fuck are you? He's like, how the fuck does this kid know what Bonanza is? I don't know. I don't know how, you know, TV. I don't know. I've watched. I don't know how I knew it was Bonanza, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, and and I spent uh, a good amount of time hanging out with this. You know, we smoked a cigarette together. We hung out. We talked. And it was very difficult to communicate. Uh, but I spent some time with the guy. You know, I wanted to spend some time with the guy and get everything I could out of him that I could as far as, not for my benefit, but for his benefit. Because, you know, you understand the weight, the severity. Like, there's just gravity in this whole situation. You know, this guy's going to die. He could be dead right now. You know what I mean? Like, that's how rough this situation is. And you're taking this man, you know. And so I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm showing him my Instagram. I'm showing him pictures on my phone. I'm showing him all this stuff. And I'm going, you know. You owned this car. You bought this car because obviously you thought it was cool. You liked it, you know. And you're just, I just, you know, you want to fundamentally connect with this guy and be like, hey, you know, we're cut from the same cloth. And he was like a, an, I don't know, he was some union tradesman. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm a mechanic. I work with my hands. I, you know. And, and he at least, you know, it's like, look, this, this, there's an inevitability of this situation that this car has to go. They need the money. The car has to go. This guy's going to fucking die. Like, there's nothing I can do to change that. Right. But you at least want, when you're faced with a dying man, you at least, when I drove away with that car, you want him to go somehow feel as good about the situation as he can. Right. You know, so, yeah, I mean, I, I spent some time with them and hung out and talked with them and. You know, I made an offer on the car, and they go, yeah, we got it. You know, so we got to sell it. And I offered them a, you know, a reasonable price. It was actually a pretty good price in my opinion. But, yeah, you know, you go, you try to do everything right. You know, maybe you could have gotten a better deal, but, you know, I wasn't in the position to want to even stronger. You know, you're like, you're like, ah, yeah. Why do that, like, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it becomes such a sensitive situation because you go, like, I'm doing this. This is a frivolity for me. And and these two brothers, like, this is, like, the last money that's coming in. You know, they're, like, I looked around the apartment. There was nothing, you know. You know, it's, like, this is, you know, it's, it's it, so you're, like, you know, you want to do the best you can in this situation, but you, you know, you also want the fucking car. And, you know, you do. You're not going to, I'm not going to be disingenuous and say, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so pious. You know, like, you're, like, fuck that. You know, you're, like. But you want to do right by this guy in the same way that you'd want somebody to do right. You know, if I died tomorrow uh, and everyone was like, oh, good. Oh, I buy a toolbox for 100 bucks. You know, you're like, fuck you, dude. Like, don't come and be a vulture, you know. And, mm -hmm. like, you just want to, you know, I just, I like to sleep well at night and I want to be a decent person, you know. So, this Well, at the end of the day, even on your deathbed, the only person that's going to really judge you is you. You know, you got to <laughs> live up to your own standards and expectations. That's... Yeah, I agree with that. You know, yeah, I, I just like to sleep well at night, man. I like to go to bed and just fucking, there's, I, yeah, I, I like to not have a care in the world when I go to bed, you know? That's, I don't want anything keeping me up, any bad shit. So, so yeah, I paid the man a reasonable price for the car. And I, and I, and I spent a reasonable amount of time with him and, and I sent him uh, pictures of my trip back to him, you know, which was like a, uh, anyway, I ended up having to call the fucking sister back because the brothers, you couldn't, neither of them could talk, you know? I mean, there's very low levels of communication. 
so I called the sister back. And I'm like, what's your fucking brother's actual address? And she's like, why do you want my brother? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to send him pictures of this trip. And, you know, you just try to do right by the situation sure. and be a good person. And and, 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 and you know, it's like, whatever, man. If I was dying, I'd hope somebody would do a kindness to me. So it's just how you want to, you know, it's just it's the right way to be. So, and I, and I hope, I, you know, wherever Bill is right now, if you're alive, Bill, I hope that my pictures find you well. And when you die, I hope you know I'm going to take care of your car. What else you can know, you well, do? Yeah, it's just, but, you know, I think I, I think more than all these other, like, acts of, like, you know, spending time with somebody, I think that the, 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 the most important thing fundamentally is that you just appreciate and respect. And you give respect to the fact that this object, this physical object, this car does mean something in this world, you know? And 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 now that I drove this, you know, I took this one trip. I've had the car a week. Bill had the car 30 fucking years, you know? Right. I made a lot. I have a lot of meaning with this car for a, a week and a half. You know, I've had it. Two weeks I've owned the car for. Bill owned it for 30 fucking years, you know? I mean, like, you better respect that. <laughs> you know, just like you better respect that, you know? Sure. It's like, it, and, and, and I think that... Um, by giving meaning, appreciating, like by just paying homage and like recognizing that this car had that level of meaning to this person and that these objects can develop this meaning, I really think it helps you put meaning into your own life. Because because you go, I'm a younger, right? I I've I've passed over that window of like you're a teen, you're a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Nothing has meaning. In your 20s, you kind of start figuring things out a little bit. You get your feet on the ground. You can't you just know? wait till you're 40 and you're like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. halfway done with this trip. Yeah, right? Now I'm in my 30s. And now you're like, I bought a house. I have a wife. Um, it's, time to start, it's time to start putting deep roots in. Yeah, you start trying to think of, of more meaningful ways to to kind of... I don't really know how to explain it, but you try to find more meaningful things to do with your time, or at least you think you are. And I think a lot of people go through their life knowing they're not doing it. And it's kind of depressing in that way. But you start to get like, I don't know, I was like 38, 39, 40, I'm 41 now. I'm like, wow, do I really want to spend my time doing fill in the blank? Because, you know, you know that (laughs) this is all you get. And I know it seems cliche and, and... and kind of silly to, to say it because everybody knows it, but no, it's not silly or cliche because even, dude, even if people know, it's like it's the same thing with me smoking cigarettes. I know it's gonna fucking kill me, and I still fucking do it. It's the same where people go, I know that you know, uh, living a good life and 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 being a good person and 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 developing you know rapport with people and and building respect and and elevating my position in life. And, and, and living well and doing all these things and being a good husband and being a good wife, you, you know, you know these things are all important, but people just blow them off all the time. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same way I blow off. I just, I suck down fucking a pack of cigarettes a day and I go, God damn, Bill's fucking, I'm going to be Bill. I'm going to be fucking dying and my wife's going to be, you know, you're like, fuck, but then you do it anyways, you know? So, dude, one thing that's really changed for me in the last few years is uh, from like, serial podcast listening and you like follow these people that have these very long podcast arcs you know we're in the decade plus range for some podcasters yeah we're five years 
You're five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rogan's like twelve. Like yeah. you know. So you're and. One thing is you like, because I, I, I'll, uh, when I like get into a podcast, I'll go back to episode one and I listen through the whole thing because I want to follow the whole arc of a podcast. And, and you start out and you notice like these different people repeat the same things over and over again. And, uh, and then at some point when their, their career goes long enough, they start apologizing for repeating the same messages over and over again. <laughs> I do that all the time. No, fuck yeah. that, dude. I'm uh-huh. never apologizing for repeating the same messages over and over again. I worry about it. Everybody knows no, what my message no, is No, no, fuck that. Fuck that. You need daily reminders, dude. Dude, that's like the... If you want to talk about, like, religion, why do, like, why do they make you say... Why do the Catholics make you do the fucking rosaries? Mm-hmm. Why, you know, there's this... Dude, people, you, you just... You forget right away. You forget. If you don't check yourself every day, if you don't, like... If you don't go, am I even working towards something? Am I even, like... What do I... You know... Dude, if you don't fucking check yourself every day and go, what am, am I aiming at? Am I do I have an aim? Yeah, am mm-hmm. I just aimlessly, you know, floating? Did I tell my wife I loved her today? That's something I would worry. That that is a, something that that, that 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 is I do. Literally, is like a thing that just has become like permanent in my brain. I make sure to tell my wife I love her at least twice a day, and it's like fucking stupid, you know. As far as like. To say it like, oh yeah, duh, and then you go. When's the last time you told your wife you loved her? You know, and I'm trying to hit like twice a day. You do twice a day every day. I would say I'm on a two plus a day telling my wife I love her streak for five plus years, and I'm not ashamed of that one oh, iota. Be. Yeah, no, be. man, that's what you got to do, and you got to do, it. and you got to remind yourself. You got to check yourself every day, and that's like this like trip. You know, it's like. Dude, I've taken a trip every, you know, I've, like, dude, if I go through, like, the last couple years, so I just got back from the javelin trip. Four months before that, I went on the pup trip. Four months before that, I went to Italy. Six months before that, I went to Oregon. So, you know, I've done more trips in the last three years than most people do in multiple decades. Now, before we get too much further, let's take a break here and talk about our sponsor, Olberg Car Care. Olberg is your source of professional detailing compounds and supplies that is research tested and developed by professional detailers themselves. These are the guys that are actually passionate about detailing and know firsthand what makes a good product. And they truly are great products. I love it's a simple, foolproof, two-step system, easy, and gives an amazing finish. And right now, they're offering a whopping 20% off your order. When the most the recent goal in my personal life was the discount my code through law school. Not graduated law school, she passed the bar. That goal is done. So upon this, and now I mean, I told my wife this. I like the sunglasses off. It's go dark. I, I want to be able to see. <laughs> I told everyone this. I go, uh, and my wife knows it. My bosses know it. Everyone knows it. I go, I am going to routinely take time off. I, I plan to take four to eight weeks of vacation time a year from now on. I told my boss straight up when my wife graduated law school. I go, I will never work Christmas and New Year's again. If you work Christmas and New Year's, God bless you, but you shouldn't. <laughs> That's just my yep. opinion. Like, like, dude, I, I and 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 I, I've I've made it a point in my life to say, here's how I'm going to live 
I'm going to take every three to six months, I'm going to take a vacation. Like I'm going to do trips and I'm going to do them constantly from now on. And, 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 and yeah, maybe my financial situation will get better or worse. Like there's a lot of factors that'll change. And, uh, but I can promise you this every three to six months, I'm going to take a trip for the rest of my life. And maybe that trip will be a, like, if I'm broke, I might go fucking uh, walk somewhere, you know? I might go on a bike ride. Or I might go to Europe and buy a fucking car and tour the Alps. Like, mm-hmm. but I tell you what, I've made it a point. And, like, dude, it's just, it's something that now I've, like, it's, like, it's just, I just hammer it home to myself. And I'm on, like, a three-year streak of doing that now. And it's just something that I've told myself, this is this is part of my life. This is like, I'm going to, this is who I am. This is like, you're like, dude, I used to be, I was a psycho five years ago. I didn't take a day off. I did. And it was like, I spun my tires at a million miles an hour. And I thought I was going to like be some like business dude and do like all this other shit. And then uh, <laughs> that's another story for another day. But I, you know, I do. My twenties were a disaster. My twenties were a disaster. And now my thirties, I'm like, I, we can do better. Like we can budget, we can plan, we can sacrifice meaningfully. We can, <laughs> you right. know, and then, and then it's like, check yourself constantly. Are you achieving your goals? You know, it's like, are you doing these trips? You know what, you know, are, you know, it's like, if you're, you got to live meaningfully and you got to like do what you say you're going to do. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's my favorite Ron White jokes. Dr. Philly goes, what's the secret to like uh, happiness or success in life? And, Dr. Phil goes, do the things you say you're going to do. And Ron White goes, I got home and there was a half a bottle of scotch on the counter. (laughs) I got to finish what you start in this life. You know, it's like, but yeah, it's true. You know, it's like, dude, do what you say you're going to do and like do it right. You know, and that's just like what it's all about for me now, you know, is. And like, here's the other thing, too. I'm not a man of like huge means. Dude, this trip, buying this javelin and going on this trip, I spent three quarters of my cash uh assets on this trip right between the car and the trip six thousand dollar car you do the fucking math and figure out how much money you have you know i'm not a wealthy dude like you know it's just it's just the reality i'm I'm a man of very humble means i've never made i've always made money but i've never made great money despite the car i have everybody looks at the portion and thinks i just have a ton of money yeah too. and i just bought a 911 and that's yeah. going to be a fucking five plus year deal and if anyone thinks I'm some rich dude that just bought a 911, they will. It's like, get fucked. Well, they will. Everybody that's thinks fine. I'm you know, a I don't guy, give a shit. You know? It's whatever. But some of the stuff I get on, they get at me on Instagram and stuff like that about being yeah, some I rich have, dude. Oh, fuck, fuck you. Dude. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, it's like most people aren't able to. But no, no offense to anybody that is. I don't care. No, I'm just saying what my my point about saying that is 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 is. I'll tell you this much. Well, was, it, it shows sacrifice. Shows sacrifice. But I'll tell you. I'll also tell you this. Was this trip really cool? Yes. It cost like $8,000. Have I done a very similar trip for $3,000? Yeah. Was it very similarly amounts of fun? Yeah, Yeah. totally. So like whatever the reality of your life is and like your situation, you know, uh, making goals that you can actually achieve and are like actually tenable within your skills, your financial means and all that. Uh, yeah, like that's a good thing to learn how to do. Like, well, a you lot know. of people, that's a good point because a lot of people say, well, I can't just get up and go. I can't do it. But there's different, 
there's different variations of nah, what you could do. Yeah, you dude, my dad biked to Alaska. Yeah, there's different things you could do if you want it. Yeah. A lot of that is just excuses for people because I've had people yell at me about talking about this on the podcast because, like I said, the thing I harp about all the time is getting out and exploring and going and do things and experiencing new things, whatever. It was like, well, I can't just, I can't, some people just can't. And I'm like, well, you can, it just might be a little harder or there might, it might involve a little bit more sacrifice or maybe you don't do it as long or whatever the case may be. You can. <laughs> Dude, I don't, I don't even want to, I'd way rather have somebody else explain like the sacrifices that I've had to make. Like I've lived in a van. I lived in a van. Yeah, that we didn't talked about run. that last episode. Like I've, I've made crazy sacrifices to other people that were menial sacrifices to me, but they were all towards the end goal of something I was trying to accomplish, you know? And like, um, and, and so like, what, what was this trip about? What was this trip was just, I'm, I'm going to do the thing I do and I'm going to keep doing this thing and I'm continuously trying to perfect the art. Everything's a skill in life. Everything's a skill in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is my fourth or fifth time doing a, a, a this style of trip where I go to a town, no plan, no route, no car, no nothing. And I find a car, I buy it, I drive home all in the span of a week. So, you know, I'm just right now for that I'm just constantly trying to perfect that art of doing this. And I'll say like, yeah, this was a fucking awesome trip, dude. Uh, this car was the best car I've ever bought. Cause I actually upped my budget cause I had the money and it was, right. it was a better car. It was more fun. It was cooler. It was a lot of things. I'll tell you what, the last three trips I took four trips were all in mini trucks. The Pajero being the exception, but the Pajero is night the Pajero was the nicest car i've driven across the country and but also not a great cross-country tour because too short of wheelbase it was geared it was geared to go 55 yeah Yeah. so um but yeah like the pup an 86 ranger and an 86 forerunner and an 87 jeep cherokee and a rabbit pickup too right and a rabbit pickup and other (laughs) what does it do with trucks jeez uh trucks are great they're you know they're utilitarian you can so that's what's funny when you show me this javelin though I don't want to, we, we could talk forever. So we have to kind of like yeah, try, yeah, yeah. try Let's f- find our way through the weeds to, to talk about your, your trip back. The Javelin though, when, I, when you sent me a picture of that, the level of envy that I had <laughs> for knowing, <laughs> not because you were getting a Javelin, the level of envy I had knowing the experience that you were about to have oh, yeah, yeah. was palpable. You well, could have yeah. drank it. Dude, dude, you should have seen the text Aaron was sending me. Uh, you know Aaron Hats are funny. He's Aaron a javelin Hats, guy. Aaron Hats the javelin Dude, I put guy. a javelin is the hero car in my fucking book that I just yeah. wrote. I'll tell you what. You want to know how interested Aaron Hats is in something? Uh, it's directly correlated to how quickly he responds. In text If he's not interested, he'll ignore you for fucking the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, I, you know, I, I, I showed him this ad and he's like, interesting, you know? Yeah. And then I buy the car, and then I send him more pictures. So Aaron Hats, uh, flat six, cool dude. Aaron Hats, whatever Aaron Hats is into, he's an expert on. Yeah. If Aaron Hats- In a a, a neurotic, insane way. Dude, I mean, I guarantee you, I would put up against any person in the world on 9-11s. Yeah. If you want to have a- Like, if you wanted to play Jeopardy on (laughs) 9-11s- I mean, I put- Yeah, we're going all in on Aaron Hats. I mean, the guy's neurotic. He's like, fucking dude- and there's four things Aaron Hats really 
The, I would almost put cars. I mean, the, just like oh, old generally cars. Fed, but, but, but like really, crazy. really, truly, truly. Yeah, Aaron Hatz is an expert. Aaron Hatz could write a book on 911s. Offshore racing. Don Aaronow, Rolexes, yeah. and Javelins. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I, I buy this fucking car and I get it home. If you could somehow extract his brain and put it on Instagram, he'd have like 10 million followers. Well, because it is like he's the infinitely of, fascinating. Of cool. yeah, he's infinite. I mean, he's just my friendship with Aaron Hatz. I mean, he's a guy I was aware of and I didn't know. Like, you know how things in life disappoint? A lot of things in life disappoint. Yeah. Aaron Hatz is not disappointed as far. Dude, dude, I, I was I was I was putting back together that 71 911T. Yep. And I'm putting the seatbelts in. And I sent him a picture. And I got the hardware all laid out. And and I sent him this picture and I go, because it, it, I was a little confused. And I'm like, oh, I'm putting this seatbelt in. I'm like, is this the right spacers? And he goes, That's the one, that one, that one. It's 15 degrees off center. And like, yeah. I mean, instantaneously, he just goes, yeah, 71911T, yeah, here's how you put the fucking driver's seatbelt in. And, like, just breaks it down in a level where you're like, oh, you're the manual? You know, yeah. it's like, it's great. So I get home with this car, I drive back, and I send Aaron pictures of it. And, and so you're he, at Federer's new house. I'm at Federer's place, and Aaron calls me. And he's like, dude, dude. He's, yeah. like, he's like, dude. Oh, oh, oh. And he like, just, dude, he just instantly breaks down. He's like, that's Big Bad Blue. He's like, that's the final top car. It's black interior. Black interior is super. It has a center console? Holy shit. Does it have a tachometer? Does it have the center console gauges? Oh, it's got side pipe? You know, emulators? Those are factory option wheels. That's really interesting. Why aren't the bumpers painted? I mean, dude, <laughs> literally that quick. You sent him four pictures. And I guarantee you that guy hasn't read anything about javelins in probably 30 years. I, who knows? Yeah, yeah he, he just, just, knows. just no. He just knows because yeah. because he went. I want a javelin, and then proceeded to consume all of the knowledge. You know, yeah. he's a yeah. guy that consumes knowledge. But it's it's it was so fun. Where here's the thing: like uh, when I got back, my boss uh, Steve and Hunter were like, "You bought that because of Aaron." And I go, first of all, if you think you can just go to any town in America and, and buy, a, buy a running driving javelin, because I was telling Aaron that I was joking with him. I go. Yeah, you can go to like, there's these guys that are muscle car dealers, right? That specialize yep. in selling these restored muscle cars. And they have javelins. They're all restored, perfect. Dude, the amount of survivor, patina, driver muscle cars out there, dude, it's like none. None. It's like none. They've all been bought. They all got crashed or they got stored for 30 years. Dude, how many? So I'll roll across Barrett Jackson is dude, where they dude, went. Dude, 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 but all restored. They all got restored. Mm -hmm. How many fucking muscle cars, 60s and 70s muscle cars, got daily driven? Or they, yeah, I was going to say, or they're in a barn wasted away. Yeah. You know? Dude, how many muscle cars in America are out there that got daily driven for the last 30, 40? That's a 50-year-old car. Mm -hmm. That's been driven for 50. This was literally... Aaron sent me a fucking blog post from a guy that was like a car spotter blog post in Northern California of yep. this car in 2015. Same rear tires, missing a couple – like it was interesting to compare the car in 2015 to 2022. So it's seven years and like uh, in seven years, the car is still wearing the same rear tires. It has a couple additional dents, but otherwise completely unchanged. Yeah. 
So same rear tire. So you go, how many miles got put on this car? How far is it from that guy's apartment to the liquor store where the guy bought the six pack? Yeah, exactly. You know, that's this, about you know, as far as so we this guy to go. daily drive this car, but I don't. You know, the car shows four showed forty six thousand on a five digit odometer. The gas and brake pedal are not worn out. The steering wheel is cracked but not worn out. So I'm gonna guess it's a hundred and forty six thousand mile car. Right, it's a guess. Um, I'm guessing this guy was kind of a homebody dude. But I'm also guessing this car got driven every day. Yep. You know, but he putted around town in it every day. But yeah, you tell me, you go, hey, Al, you out there, send me an ad to a fucking currently being driven 60s muscle car. Not even just a Javelin, just anything. Any, any Mustang, Camaro, literally find me any car from the 60s wearing OG plates owned by an old dude that's been his daily driver for his whole life. You yeah. find that good fucking luck. That's why when I found that car, I was like, here's the thing. I've owned two Cali blue plate cars. I've owned a sunshine plate car. And I've, I, I, when I, when I, I literally told Nate when I went out there, I go, the grail is a black plate car. Now, what does that mean, black plate? For- so black plate was like 30s to early 70s. Blue plates, so my, my, I had an 80 and an 82 Caddy. They are both blue plate cars. My 86 Forerunner was a sunshine plate car, so it's a white plate, and it's got two sun spheres on both sides. Yep. And then if you, like, into the late 80s, early 90s, the California plate started with one. One, six letters. And now they're, now they're on nine, six letters. So they're about to run, and they just brought back black plates, but they're, like, uh, vanity plates in California. But, yeah, from the time that the DMV existed and cars existed in California... And the modern size license plate exists in California. The first California license plates were black with yellow letters. And in California, you buy a car, and if you if the car doesn't leave the state, the plates stay with the car forever. Yep. So it just a if you're going to California and you're hunting finds, you're you're looking for a gem, you're looking for a jewel in California, right away, if that car does not have the original plates on, it's not a jewel. Cause something happened, right? It got it got neglected. It, it left the state. It, you know. Yeah. But to find a car that's fifty three years old wearing the original plates, that means that that car lived in California, was constantly registered, was constantly driven. Nothing happened in fifty fucking years where that car lost its license plates. So for fifty years, half of a century, this javelin was driven, registered. Insured and California's got very strict rules about this stuff. Like somebody kept up on this car for half a century. So just it, and this is a California only thing. If you're looking for old cars in California and they wear the original plates, you got a jewel. You, right. got, you got a gem. That car got loved. Somebody, you know, even if it was in a garage, somebody paid the registration. You know, somebody kept up on the title. It's like it's 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 it, it of all the states in the country to just. Go on Craigslist and, like, just, if you're going to look at one indicator, original plates in California, you're like, gem, 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 you know, that's an instant save the post. Like, even if it's a car I don't like, just because you're like, original plates, like, it's going to be a, you know, the Forerunner, I was the second, I was, I bought that from the original owner, 86 Forerunner. The Rabbit Truck, I bought from the original owner, 82, Lawrence Livermore guy, you know, those are both, the, the Forerunner and the Rabbit Truck were gems. You know, it's just like I'm just to get if you want to find a gem, which 
Why would you not? <laughs> right. Who doesn't want a jewel? You know, it's like, these are what, so yeah. So, so you got, you got the javelin, you have it. It's yours. Yeah. Yeah. Where you just, you know, I remember some of the cars I've gotten, you get behind the wheel and it's different than when you test drive it. You know, you, the you get guy, behind- dude, the guy wouldn't let me leave his apartment complex till I paid for it. So what you do? Drive it in circles. I did up. one lap around the, here's what I did. I started the car. The guy goes, I go, how long is the last time this car was started? And he goes, ah, a couple weeks ago. Like, when's the last time it's been driven? He's like, a couple months ago. So just generally, as you, like, deal with these, you, know, you buy cars, you deal with people, and, like, I'm a mechanic, I hear all these stories. A couple weeks ago is a couple months. A couple months is a couple years. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, whatever people say, just, just you know, and they 10 don't mean to. the time. Like, no, it's just your, dude, it's, especially when you're 70 and you're dying, like. Yeah, time extrapolates Yeah, a week ago a was a year ago. Yeah, so the car hadn't been driven for a really long time, so it started. It ran really poorly. I expected that, you know. Uh, but I, I limped it around this loop around the apartment complex. Just to see if it would go. And on the loop around the apartment complex, the driver's window chunked into the door. And I'm like, all right, great. But I was like, this is a gem. I knew, I, I you know, I, even though it didn't run great now, I'm like, oh, it's a carburetor car. It has been run all, you know. I, I could already figure knew. that yeah, out. Yeah, I just know. I just, you, uh, there was enough indicating factors. And like, I just knew it was a great car. I knew it was going to be a great car. So I go, yeah, you're, I'll buy it. I'll give you the money. Um, so I drive, it was 14 miles back to Nate's place and on the drive home, 14 miles, I was like, I don't think this car is going to make it 14 miles and I got to go 3000 miles. Uh, and, and then like five miles from Nate's place, I'm 10 miles from the drive, the alternator belt shreds. I limp it to Nate's place and I'm like, all right. You still have a water pump at that point? Yeah. I had a twin, I had a, the, the dual pulley. Yeah, it had multiple. It's got pulleys going everywhere and belts. Yeah, so, so I'm like, all right, this car is like we we. <laughs> so like the you know like for a lot of people you'd be like I can't even make it 15 miles and you're gonna go 3,000 miles like good luck right, but I was like guys will be fine you know it's like so some teething pains. Uh, I get back to Nate's place. I start looking over it and I'm like yeah it's got good bones it's solid. Uh, the belt issue is a water pump spacing issue different snout length so i got a different pulley modified it to fit so here's the other thing and i'll tell you as far as like uh doing this and like buying cars and like people are going to be like uh you're going to have all these stresses about will this car make it what's going to yeah you know if you're not buying a fucking chevy product as far as old car, you know, like if it doesn't have a small block chevy in it you're fucked anyways if it breaks like, right the only thing you're going to have any hope of finding is small block Chevy stuff. So it's like, fuck it. That was like when me and Taylor drove back and he's in a 71 Volvo with a 73 turbo motor in it with CIS. And he goes, what if, what if it breaks in Idaho? And I go, then it breaks what in if, Idaho. I say, what if it breaks anywhere but Portland? Because the because <laughs> I, I go, I go, if you're 50 miles from Portland or 500 miles from Portland, nobody has 71 Volvo parts. Yep. So you're like, fuck it. You know, if anything goes wrong, like you're, you're, you're equally fucked anywhere. That's one of the reasons why I got rid of the CIS on my 911. Because yeah. I just, as well as it operated, if something went wrong with it, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a problem, you know. But, but yeah, I mean, like, look, anytime you're driving an old car, a boutique car, there's a, it doesn't matter where you break down. It, like, my buddy Danny has a Chevy Express van, 4x4. Basically, a half-ton Chevy truck with a van body on it. Yep. And he was going to buy a Sprinter, and he looked at all these different vans, and he goes, I don't want these boutique things because he goes all over the United States and vacations and travels and snowboards. And, the, and he's like, 
every town has parts for LS. You know, yep. Every auto parts store from here to Nantucket has an alternator for a the six liter LS. The bumper yeah. in the middle of Utah yeah, yeah, with a yeah. faded sign with fucking can rebuild the whole motor and no, everything. Oh, in yeah, it. yeah, any part for an LS. So basically, you go if you're gonna buy anything but a GM V8 product you're fucked anyway so it's like you're just gonna send it and whatever happens happens or the 3800 v6 there's probably parts for those well too. yeah so there's yeah, there's yeah, yeah. there's cars like there's like the Let's, U- whoa, whoa, whoa. this this is a tangent that we're not gonna go on no He's no it's gonna- not good so so here's the deal so I, I i get this car back to nate's i look through it uh you know there's a tire i fix there's a belt issue i fix i tidy up a few things and then you go i'm driving this car across the country because if literally anything breaks in this car, I'm fucked. There's nobody has AMC parts just yeah. as equally as nobody would have 944 parts or 911. Yep. You know, it doesn't fucking matter if you're going to take anything but a new car or a GM V8 product, you know, a common thing across the country, you're equally fucked. So if you're like worried about any of that, just say it, does, it literally is all equivalent. And Guess what? You could pretty much break down anywhere in the country and you're not going to die. Well, no, and that's the thing, like, dude. If you want to know, if you want to know my level of concern, I mean, my personal level of concern approach is zero. I'm speaking to what other people have told me about their levels of concern. To me, if this car blew up in the middle of fifty, in the middle of fucking absolutely nowhere, Nevada. I would actually kind of get a little excited. I'd be like, oh, Ooh, just oh, yeah, go. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, oh, I got yeah. it. I've, I, 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 the universe has just presented me an opportunity tell some more to stories. try and yeah. tell, yeah. To oh, over, to oh overcome. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Dude, if I'm in the middle of nowhere and the car blows up, I'm like, kind of like jazz. I'm like, cool. Like, you know, I get, I get I was bored. With the Pinto, yeah. With the Pinto, when it started misfiring, and I was in, I was just past Teddy Roosevelt National Park in North Dakota, um, over, almost to the Badlands or whatever. And it started misfiring. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. You know, this is going to be part of the story I'm going to have to write later. It ended up just being like a melted sparkling wire, but it was still kind of like this, like, woo, yeah. Dude, same thing with me. The, the javelins started misfiring. And also the alternator light, the alternator started not charging at the same time. And. I'm like driving, and so I'm in Northern California, headed to Tahoe. It's night, and I'm getting an alternator. Are you, light. Are you ready to? Are you ready to talk about the journey? Yeah, we can uh, talk. Let's about it. talk about the journey. This. So let's let's talk about leaving and, and coming here. Let's, let's we'll get to the the Tahoe thing. Too, <laughs> but I want to try and keep things on some sort of yeah, like straight yeah. line. All right. So I get the car Friday. Uh, Saturday we go to the junkyard. We get parts. I acquire shit. I go through the car. I sort it, and I say I'm leaving Sunday morning. Uh, Sunday morning, I wake up at sunrise, before sunrise. I get up at 4.30 a.m. Sunday, uh, I hop in the car, and I cruise. I'm gone. Don't say goodbye to Nate and Anna. I'm out. I'm out. I, I told him I said. And it's running pretty decent I'm now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's uh, I had to delete the power steering due to just not being able to, like, the belt situation. Yeah, watch the fucking movie. It's in the movie, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little plug. We're going to be doing a, a YouTube film. Yeah. We're this. doing a YouTube film. I don't want to like get into like the super nitty gritty because like the, the I'm excited. I'm excited for the film. Yeah. So I got no power steering. I kind of regret that because the car's a bear. Well, the steering wheel is about six miles across. That didn't help. Didn't help. Dude, I literally on that road out of Northern California, it's like 120 or 130. It's a switchback fucking. It's the dopest road ever. I wish it, you know, 
<laughs> but dude, with no power steering, I'm literally like two arming this car. There's, dude, there's sections in the video I watch where I'm like, uh, like, dude, and I like missed corners because I couldn't steer fast enough. And, yeah. and, uh, and yeah, I cruised, and that first day was just like sublime because you're in just these, dude, rural Northern California is something, you know. It's a it's a special place, that's for sure. Yeah, you know? it is. It it's is far more remote than you'd think for California. It, it, dude, California becomes desolate. Like people are like, you go to LA and you're like, oh my god, you know. I go to LA and I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. You, but but you drive like 50 miles out, uh, 50 miles out of the bay, and you're like, yep. I'm in the sticks, you know. And uh, it's that old Emerald Triangle up there. That's great, dude. That's where they grow all the weed. That's where all the fucking psychos live, dude. Humboldt County is murder capital of the United States for yeah. a while. That's crazy. Crazy shit happens up there. Yeah. But so I'm just cruising, and everything's fine, and the car's got some issues. And uh, I go to Yosemite, which is like I've always wanted. I've never been to Yosemite. I always wanted to go. So I do the little nickel-dime tour of Yosemite. Because here's the thing, too, is I, I give myself a week, so you got to cruise. You're moving constantly. Yep. Yep. Literally, so I got. I, I took – Probably a hundred pictures and fourteen hours of video footage, and I also covered three thousand miles in four days. So you do the math on that, you know. I'm cruising, I'm moving. So you know, a pretty rapid clip across the country is about two and a half days. You know, so with all the stuff, I mean, you not can, taking pictures, just cruising. Yeah, yeah you yeah, can make yeah. it like twenty four to like twenty six hours, and that's. From Minnesota, that's West good, Coast to Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Time. I drove my Pajero back. I did this Pajero in like 32 hours. Yeah. I took like six pictures. So you're, you know, I'm making a good clip. You're moving along. Um, I was super bummed. The, the There was no snow, but they had all the mountain passes closed. You're like fucking assholes. Like there's no reason for it. But They lock it up once and they unlock yeah, it once. Yeah, right. That's yeah. just the rules. They're just not the going to go up there and do it, it over and over. Yeah, so you're like bummed because I, what I really wanted to do, I want... I. I wanted to go to Yosemite and then down to Tonopah because I've never been there. Mm -hmm. Never been to that area 51 Tonopah's area. Tonopah's awesome. Yeah, I've just never been there. It hasn't, you know. Uh, but these mountain, all these passes are closed. So I'm like, fuck, I can go to Tahoe. So I go up to Tahoe. Um, been there. That's cool one of the only town. ones that stays open. Yeah, that's the, yeah. yeah, the only mountain pass that stays open. Uh, and I've been to Tahoe before. So that's kind of like I, I end up retracing my 2013 trip in my rabbit truck. Which is a myth, you know, you're like, I, I hate to do that because I want to take new roads all the time. It, but it's it kind of cool to be in places that you've been before that you love, too. I well, kinda... it's like that, you know, I was, I was, I'm standing in the middle of 50 and I just re reminiscent of that quote of like, uh, you know, you can never revisit the same, you, you can never revisit the same place twice because you're not the same person. The place isn't the same, mm -hmm. you know, so it is different. You know, you want to experience all these new things. And, and then also like, it's kind of like. I had these thoughts as I'm driving along and I'm taking these pictures and I'm taking this video footage and I'm driving this blue 69 Javelin compared to this blue 82 rabbit truck. And it's completely different. Well, there was experiences. a great sense of like uh, the, the elevation of what a decade of my life has been between 2013 when I went to Mexico and 2022, you know, 2013, I was with the same chick, but we were like barely dating. Now she's my wife. Now I have a house. I was living in a van uh, before the Mexico. You know, what I mean, like, mm -hmm. so like you're driving along this road. You have a, you have like, you know, 300 miles, 400 miles of like desolation and nothing through Nevada, and so that's an advantage. I always say that when I'm out there, there's so much nothing that it feels like something. 
Oh, it's like this is the best, dude. Yeah. But but so I will say, as much as I wanted to go to Tonopah or wanted to go to a new place, there was like this actual like positive about going to the same place I had been before because I was suddenly finding myself drawing all these comparisons and comparing and contrasting my life and where a decade's taken me and what I'm doing. And I'm still doing the same thing, right? Because like this is legitimately my, my favorite shit in the world. This is what yeah. I love to do. And then you go, uh, you know, am I doing it better? Am I doing it more interesting, Louis? Am I doing it more meaningfully? Do I still love it? You know, like 10 years later, I'm still doing the same yeah, shit. I, I ask myself that too. I'm like, do I still like doing this? And then I, obviously the answer becomes yes. Oh, but. fuck yeah, dude. dude that was awesome. <laughs> like, dude, that rabbit truck yeah. would barely go 60. The seat was so, I had the original seats blown up. Dude, you want to hear a fucked up story with that trip? I went to a junkyard in Stockton, and there was a fucking Mark II GTI that had the fucking Recaros in it. Yeah. And I was like, just left them. Because I'm like, ah, this is like 2013, just getting into Volkswagen shit. Didn't realize that I could literally have bolted, bolted Mark II Recaros into my rabbit truck. And they were probably like 100 bucks of this Stockton fucking... Uh, uh. Anyway, <laughs> so... But yeah, I'm fucking cruising. You're just lucky we're javelin. short. And, yeah, that's another... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you go, yeah, I still love this. Yeah, it's great. I'm taking better pictures. Why am I taking better pictures? Well, the cameras are better. Artificial intelligence. Chris told you to put your grid on your grid phone. On. But also because, <laughs> because I've actually, I gave a shit. You know, like, it was something where you go, like, traveling means something to me. I want to take pictures of these trips because, like, you want to remember them. And I print pictures out and I, you know, I have them around. And, like, so, like, you go, am I a better person than I was a decade ago? And, like, in literally every fucking measure of it, you're like, yeah. Yeah, I've improved. I've, you know, and it's so easy to get. So would lost. you enjoy it if you said no? Fuck no, dude! I was a terrible person. No, dude. no, I'm saying if if you look back, and in the same situation, I guess this is a hard hypothetical. But if you were in this situation, driving across the country in this javelin, and you look back and you go, "I'm not sure if I'm a better person," does the trip change what it means? I think I quit, dude. I mean, I'd be if I was the same person I was in 2013. I'd be not even so, the same person, but just not, not the person you thought if you'd I wasn't be. Or, substantially better, I'd be so disappointed. I don't even I don't even know how to contend with that level of disappointment. Mm -hmm. Like that would be just death. That'd be death. You go because 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 I've had dude in the last ten years of my life, in the last couple of years of my life, I've had some stupendous failures by like every normal person's account of the measure. Of like, but most I feel like a lot of people judge themselves by like financial success, business success. Like, uh, I have some more ethereal like views of like success in my life as far as, you know, I I, I don't want to get into like how I judge myself, but like by all normal people's accounts of like success, I've pretty much failed the last ten years. But like by what I think success is, I think I've succeeded greatly. So. But yeah, and, and if you're going to have non-traditional values and you're going to be a free spirit and you're going to walk to the beat of your own fucking drum, if you don't meet your own expectations, that's death. Because society lays out this level of expectations, right? If you graduate high school and you get into a good college, success. Mm -hmm. if you graduate college, success. You get a good job, success. You start a 401k, success. You know what this explains? Like, why everybody's so depressed. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, society has this very neat path laid out that 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 gives most people the ability to say whether or not they're succeeding in life based on these. Yeah, but so, but like you've said, the only metric that matters, <laughs> and I said this earlier, is the only metric matters is is how you judge yourself, and obviously your peers too. You want your peers to judge you because you've chosen your peers, uh, mm. and so you want them to. I, I wouldn't say I've chosen my peers so much. Yeah, we do. We choose our peers. We choose the people that we choose. I've had to, to work around. hard to choose my peers. Yeah, but we all surround ourselves with people, you know, whether by accident or by fate or whatever. We end up surrounding ourselves with our peers. And what those people think of us is probably important, too. But what it comes down to is what we think of ourselves. And, you know, as you know, to bring up Jordan Peterson again, it's not comparing yourself to others. It's comparing yourself to who you were yesterday. Yeah, and that's the metric that works. It's not whether you graduated high school, grad, went to a college, got the job that your dad thought you should get, and the fact that we've brought those metrics into such, uh, given them so much fortitude, and, and use them is, and people are using them for to define who they are and whether they're successful or not has a huge impact on whether you're satisfied with your life. So we're giving people metrics that they shouldn't be using. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, like yeah, these yeah. metrics shouldn't be used for happiness or success or anything like that. But society has just like forced them down everybody's throats and then they don't actually apply. So then people are like, well, this doesn't apply to me. So then am I happy? I don't know. I don't fit into that box. And I got the job. I have the, <laughs> I got the wife. I got the kids. I got, I got the shovel. Whatever the case may be, whatever all these things are, whatever these things are that we, they don't fit and, then, and they yeah. don't, and, and the, the, the school where peg goes into the doesn't go in the round well, hole, I, and people yeah. are sad. I got lucky. I, you know, that's we want to talk about a way that I got really lucky. I got lucky because I went like, "There's no way I'm ever fitting in." So I was like, "All right, I have to develop my own structure for the world to make you know. I have to make my I own." I fight with everybody too much. It's not that I don't fit in. I just like I hate everybody <laughs> so much. Like I just have these social problems where I just I fight with everybody, and I and I and I used to be actually I used to be more like you in that way where you know pushing people's buttons because you want to you want to you want not it's not necessarily for me it was never about getting a rise out of somebody but it was about creating a discussion that I thought would be interesting right yeah you know what I mean something, so, something that I, you know you know when they say that uh the like madness and uh what is it like like professional athletes like they like they're they're they they flirt with madness like to achieve greatness you have to flirt with madness and I like to say, and something I like thought of my all the time is like the difference between being entertaining and annoying. <laughs> those two are neighbors, right? Sure. Like you, you, you ride this extremely fine line of being entertaining or annoying and being provocative and like eliciting a response from people. Like you're talking about comedy, basically. <laughs> yeah, all that. But like, so like to be a contrarian and like to get a rise out of you and all these people, like, uh, yeah, you, you know, you you can be annoying at times because you're. You're riding this extremely narrow band, mm -hmm. you know, and so like is so when you're like you feel like you're in constant confrontation with people, it's like you are because you're 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 flirting with this just very very narrow separation between, you know, it's uh yeah you know you're 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 riding a line and you're trying to understand. And if you never push a limit, you never. If you never cross the line, you never know where the line is. Right. If everybody agrees so you with you, constantly then constantly have to cross the line and piss everyone off and annoy everyone around you to go. Okay, now I know where the line is. You know, that's how you figure out where the line is. Yeah. And then also you develop the art of again, like when I say like being a free spirit and like having to like have some like you got to be a little suave and you got to be a little slick. Uh, you got to figure out how to recover. And if you constantly push the line, you constantly piss people off and upset them, 
if you learn, if you can piss a guy off and recover, like that's an art and that yeah. builds a skill, you know, too. So yeah, there's a lot that goes I have, into I have that. A that's master's a, degree in that. Yeah, this is a this is a total tangent. I don't even know where we were. I don't know how I we got know, here. I think so I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna save the story of the road trip for the film. I think that's, yeah, what, that's what I would like what to I do. Wanna do. I yeah, wanted to give you that. a little teaser of like yeah. yeah, some things happen and obviously I made it home and uh, I don't want to give away it all because, like I was saying, like I was like, you know, it's like yeah, yeah there's I, some great footage and great stories and stuff. There's I great think footage, there's great stories, and like, I, you know, I think this is more to me. What's important about this is, um, I like, you know, I don't know if you want to say you want to inspire people to like do things or like, you know, you hope that it, you just. I have had these amazing experiences, and I'm this free spirit. And you know that these there's so many people in this world that are shackled down, so fucking shackled down, you know? And I get to float above all that because I'm, I, you know. Oh, you're willing to take risks. And, well, and there's a lot of reasons maybe. and everything. But I wish, I just, you know, I want to let people know, like, you know, uh, you don't have to go fly to some crazy city and do this unknown thing. But, like, I, you know, you just, I guess, like, what I hope to, like, say is, uh, you just hope to, re you, you re I realize that most people carry around such a high level of stress and anxiety. You know, like anxiety is a word that like you feel like didn't exist. Like your grandparents don't know what anxiety is. Maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said to my grandpa, what's anxiety? He'd be like, the fuck you talking about, son? Get right. me a beer. You know, um, and like my grandpa, uh, my grandpa and grandma almost died in Yosemite. Um, they were camping in Yosemite on their honeymoon, and my grandma made my grandpa leave a day early for something. She, I don't know. I just remember this because it's like part of wanting to go to Yosemite. And the campground they were sleeping in, there was a rock slide the night. They were still supposed to be there. And they left, and they always joke about, yeah, I should have died in that rock slide. <laughs> and then the wheel, they were driving like a 39 Packard, and the wheel fell off the next day, and they got in a car accident. Like, and they're just like, <laughs> they laugh. They just like, they shrug off all this shit. And um, so, yeah, you know, all these people, like, you know, you're, 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 you're maybe not going to do what I'm doing, but like, I, I hope can, people I can tell will you go right do now. something. I can tell you right now that it, 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 it will. Okay. Yeah, I it just will. want people to do things and it'll have fun. It'll inspire people, and uh, I, and I and I know it will because I've seen it happen over and over and over again. Yeah. With, with different things with the podcast and stuff like that, and and that's not a vanity thing. I just I love getting emails that are like, "Hey, man, you know, I, I me and my dad, we we went and bought a car and drove it home, and it wasn't super far, yeah. but I've never been closer to my dad. Just like stuff like yeah. that, or more serious things of like, "Hey, you know, I was in a really dark place." Yeah, you know, I was in a really dark place, and I've I've talked to people that are you know some pretty yeah pretty no, deep holes, sure. and 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 they take inspiration from the exploration and stuff. So everybody that listens is kind of like a car guy or or would love the allure of the exploration exploration, but they don't do it. But then when they do, you know, even if it's in such a small way, yeah, it, it really does it does inspire them. No, what I just I get uh, I guess like just from like the feedback that I've gotten from just like not even being involved in like whatever this is and like your like just friends and like real life, <laughs> just people I've known interacted with. Like I, I've always gotten this like reaction from people where they'll be like, uh, uh, you know, well, 
I wouldn't you know, like like I, I don't want to like come across as somebody that's like doing something that's like crazier or like weirder like unattainably like wild because like I get that most people aren't gonna do what I'm doing right but like I just hope to like you know it's like dude whatever anxiety you're having just know you're not gonna die <laughs> you know if there's something you're afraid of doing like literally and I'll tell you what first thing I do road trip across the United States. Like leaving that day, first gas stop, I bought a gallon of water, you toss in the mm -hmm. trunk. If you have a gallon of water and adequate clothing, jacket for, you know, hypothermia, right? If you have a gallon of water and you're in Death Valley, you will not die. If you have a gallon of water and you're in Alaska and it's negative 50, you could die. But, it, you know, literally, if like what, it, fundamentally where my brain goes always is, am I going to die? Right. <laughs> if I have a gallon of water in the United States and adequate clothing, I will never die. Yep. So if I won't die, I can take the the most extreme risk outside of that. As far you know what I'm saying? Like right, you're like right, right, right. dude, whatever your anxiety is, and I know a lot of people have it like whatever the thing is, whether it's like going to one state over or like whatever it is, just push yourself a little outside your comfort zone. You're not gonna die. And if you're really, really, really worried about dying, toss a gallon of water in your trunk, uh, a, a, a blankie, a jacket, <laughs> travel in the summer. Like, you're not going to fucking die. What do the Boy Scouts say? Yeah, always be, be prepared. prepared. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's pretty yeah. easy to be prepared. Guys, that's it. I, uh, I hope you enjoyed my time with Brandon, uh, which is now <laughs> your time with Brandon. Oh, sick, dude. This is fun, man. I love doing this podcast shit. It's, it's a lot of fun. I love bullshitting, dude. I'm a bullshitter, yep, you know? Yep. We need to sit down and plan our trip to, what, Georgia? No, we can't do Georgia. Alabama. Georgia's too civilized. I'm, a, I'm in no, Alabama. It's got to be Mississippi, Alabama, Alabama. Louisiana. Yeah. We I think Alabama. We like, talk about fucking boom hour style, dude. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do yeah it. it'll be fun. I want to, you know, and again, like that's another thing. I want to push my boundaries. Sure. And try something new and crazy. So well, let's do it. Let's All right, do guys. it, dude. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm having a great time, dude. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for allowing me to be like part of your thing, dude. I'm Absolutely. having a great time. All right. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you for all you listeners next week. Take care.